Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are booksmen. And this week, we're talking about Tucker Max's I Hope They Serve <laughs> Beer in Hell. <laughs> you wish. Tim, you, keep, you put that on the list every week, or every uh, month or tra- so. I try to trick you into be like, well, time to talk about Tucker Max this week. And you were just like, no, nah, I just read a quarter of uh, 1984. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've read the first quarter of <laughs> Tucker Max's I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, uh, because you switched out the documents, and I thought that's what I was in the middle of reading. Tom, I think you brought up Tucker Max. Either yeah, on the air or off the I air. I think it was off week. the air because uh, I mentioned to you that uh, in the in the uh, lobby of my building, people frequently uh, there's like a kind of like a informal designated spot of like, hey, I don't want this anymore, but it's still good. Here it is to be given away. And uh, there's a lot of like, you know, sometimes people put like a bunch of DVDs out there, and it's like, well, I know he's gonna take those DVDs. But uh, whenever people leave out books, usually take a looky, a looky loo, and somebody was giving away a bunch of books, and Tucker Max's book was one of them, and all the other books disappeared over the course of the day, and then that book just sat there for like a week. Let me ask you this, Tom, because yes. like thinking about that, mm-hmm. um, hold on, I hope. They serve beer. He now runs a company that is like. He's repentant, right? Oh, I don't know. He runs a company that's basically like a ghostwriting service and basically says like, hey, I, I, you know, I was a nobody and I wrote this, you know, New York Times bestseller that sold probably a million copies um, I can, you know, me and my team can provide you the same service. And they actually, they wrote, uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish's, uh, autobiography. Apparently. Oh yeah. Um, but I also uh, assume that that's something like, yeah, I'm sure that was successful because she's very famous. And also she probably has some great stories. You were probably able to like, Sit down and interview her and watch, you know, a few of her uh, uh, stand up routines and be like, cool, we, we can fill in the rest. Yeah. Was the were the aughts the nadir of American culture? Uh, what does nadir mean? I, I might be saying <laughs> it wrong. Was it like the low point? Oh, mm. Because like you know what it, what's what's worse right like it's yeah. gotten better since then you know what I think it was it was a weird time where uh, things that normally wouldn't get a lot of reach mostly because of the internet did mm-hmm. you know people wrote books like this before <laughs> uh, uh, where it's just like you know the the exploits of a scumbag. But they didn't sell as well, or it was like, oh, this scumbag's notable for other reasons. Right. So things got more reach. And then I think also like a lot of culture was starting to be like, hey, that's like real people he's talking about in these books. That's not cool. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about like how reality TV yeah got like that's true really 
gutter bullshit. Now, like, well, it's classed and- it up a little bit. Not really, but it's just like, now it's rich people being bad, where yeah. it's just like, for for a while, it was like laughing at poor people being bad. Yeah, or like poor people being like stupid or like not having money. <laughs> yeah, or like rich people traveling around the country, like mocking poor yeah, people. Yeah, like shitting on people. Yeah. Um, that and was... also everything looked like shit. They were just like, oh, let's film everything on like mini DV <laughs> yeah, the, cameras. these new high definition cameras that... I love Reno 911. I love it. Yeah. Have you tried watching Reno 911 oh, on it HBO like Max? Unwatchable now. Yeah, it's just like it's just, it's just a super digital grainy. fucking nightmare. Yeah. Well, that you know all the old stuff they filmed with film uh, that's yeah. aged well, and even the stuff that they shot in like 1080p, you know, they can upscale it reasonably well yeah. to 4K, so like it looks all right. But that, but yeah, stuff like that. Well, actually, I, I'm sure in the next few years, you'll start hearing about them going back to stuff like that with AI to upscale it. Yeah. Because AI upscaling is like insane. But oh, it, it makes uh, stuff from like the early 1900s <laughs> look like it's in like. Yeah, they'll, they'll take, you know, there, there's a bunch of this on YouTube. I've talked about this where they take, yeah, footage from the 1900s is like uh, the black and white 10 frames per second shot on like you know half a millimeter film and we're gonna blow it up to 4k 60 frames per second and it's gonna be uncanny it's gonna be weird to watch because it looks like uh, somebody went back in time with their cell phone and recorded this what do they call that in animation middlers do you know about this mm. i read a book about walt disney one time but like they have the artist like keyframes the, yeah they have the artists like make yeah like the the lead artist's make like the the major movements and right the, and then um you know they have middlers come in and like um, do the the, the 10 frames, frames in between, in between that, right. that get it and it's like those guys aren't paid well and it's like so it's grunt work robots are just doing that yeah essentially with, with video now yeah and it's just like, oh, how do we get from here to here smoothly? We'll yeah. fill that in. And it's like, well, I watched a uh, hundred million hours of footage, and based on that, I could tell you exactly what the in between frames of this would look yeah. like. Man, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, I was gonna say too, like I feel like the early aughts were also uh, the boom time for uh, celebrity sex tapes. Yeah. Which now or it's just, just like, like in like upskirt shots of celebrities. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, wow, this and, this lady was getting out of a limo. And guess what? Uh, we Can you believe she didn't wear underwear? Can you believe that there was a man <laughs> positioned on the ground to, yeah. to, to take advantage of, of the fact that she was uh. with, with a with a five foot long lens? <laughs> yeah, I, I, and, uh, and that there's a market for showing this. Yeah. To people, can you believe that people want to see celebrities naked? Uh, Mr. Skin. Uh, Mr. Skin's all right. He's a good man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> let's, let's not disparage. <laughs> no, but like uh, uh, Girls Gone Wild, where the conceit was like, we're going to get under, not underage, but under but, drinking age. Yeah. Girls hammered. So people that are new to drinking don't know their limits. We're going to get them completely hammered. 
and then put commercials for it on TV and then coax them into doing things they're going to regret for probably the rest of their lives. And then we're going to sell that on DVDs. And that's just going to be like a, like a, huh? Well, well, they think of next type thing instead of like, this is horrible. Why are they allowing this to be yeah. broadcast? Well, and even like celebrity sex tapes nowadays, it's insane to be like, wait a minute, somebody could just steal somebody else's copyrighted property, it, technically, yeah. and just sell it for themselves. Like, why? Why can you steal, you know, Paris Hilton's sex tape and put it out there? But like, if he stole Steven Spielberg, well, for example, the the guy who oh, Steven Spielberg's sex tape. No. I heard you talk about this <laughs> no, time the, and time again. The dude who stole uh, the Wolverine Origins work print, you know, around that around the fifteen years ago, yeah. and like uploaded it online months before the movie came out. That dude got sent to jail. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, well, why, why? How come I couldn't buy the Wolverine work print off of a late night TV commercial, but I could buy Paris Hilton sex tape? Yeah. One night in Paris, Tom. Please get the name. Get the name well, right. I mean, maybe that's what it was. People love the double entendre. Yeah. Uh, so they were like, hey, I'll allow it. What the hell are we talking about, Tom? You were... Uh, you, I only had we were, two beers. We were talking about Tucker Max. Oh, Ginger's crying at me. Ginger's crying. Ginger, go lay down. Go lay down. <laughs> oh, we've gotten a lot, very fast and loose with uh, <laughs> with books, the podcast, since we've been back in person. Uh, you're going to cut all that out where I was talking to Ginger, right? Yeah, yeah. At least cut out the parts where I was screaming so loud that the when microphone was her? clipping. Yeah. Take that part out at least, please. No, Tom would never hit a dog. No. Unless it was attacking me. Yeah. Or somebody I love. I saw someone post on Instagram. Dogs are only only mean when you show fear. Huh? So don't be a pussy around my dog and he won't bark at you. And this was somebody saying this to camera? Yeah, to camera. <laughs> really? This is somebody you know? Yeah, it's someone you know too. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I was just like, ah. I mean, I get it, but also like that's victim blaming if your dog kind of went off on somebody. Yeah. It's like why are you so why are you walking around so afraid? Yeah, people have been afraid of my dog, even though they shouldn't be, and she's yeah. just like, Why are you afraid of me? Yeah. She's afraid of children. Yeah. Your dog. I'm afraid of children too, Tim. I'm afraid. They're just grabbing my, my, my at my tail. <laughs> Man, it You're, must be tough for people who, for humans who are born with a tail. Yeah, it is tough. A yeah. lot of them get removed. Yeah. Hopefully most of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some don't. If I had a kid and it came out with a tail, I'd be like, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> let's see if it keeps growing. It's let's see if they have any other powers. <laughs> uh, you were talking about Tucker Max. It, was it just that, that you wanted to ask if uh, the early aughts were? Yeah, it ju- it just seems like that was the, the grossest point in America. And I think we're, it's a, it's a weird more- thing to say after... Uh, 2016 to 2020. Yeah. Um, but like, I'd like to think things are getting better. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. Yeah. Everything's always getting worse, huh? Well, you heard it here. According to Tim, 
Tucker Max, worse than slavery. The the worst thing that's ever happened in American culture. Wow. Unbelievable. I wish you wouldn't do things like this, Tom. Well, I wish you wouldn't say things like that, Tim. But I guess we can't all have what we want all the time. Culturally. But I guess at the same time, like, the year I hope they serve beer in hell was released. Mm -hmm. Like, No Country for Old Men won the Oscar. Yeah. It's like, "Eh, that's a good movie. So it all evens out. There hasn't been a good movie like that in, in in the teens. Um. Yeah, I'm sure there have been. You, you just can't think of them right now. Name one. Other Coen Brothers movies. What? Uh, that one in the court with uh, George Clooney. Intolerable Cruelty, which yeah. came out like four years before. <laughs> no Country. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to tell you, Tim. What that that Coen Brothers? Uh, well, why can't I think of it? The Hollywood movie where it's like, Meh, it's the nineteen fifties, <laughs> and somebody got <laughs> kidnapped in Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody was like, "Oh, they're entering one of their dark periods again." <laughs> this is worse than intolerable cruelty, but not worse. Better or worse than slavery, though, according to you, Tom. <laughs> I think is this going to be a question I have to ask you about everything no, just th- to get a good read on who you really I are? I think we just need to establish slavery number one bad thing. Worse than the Nazis. After that, everything like you know, a, a digital video that isn't aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. <laughs> That's I don't the like that. Thing. That's I mean that's two through. Uh, five hundred or whatever. You know, yeah. it's in it's in there. But um, yeah, I get I three three through. You brought up the Nazis. Yeah, when we. I mean, there was an American Nazi party, but there wasn't a Holocaust. Uh, right here, so we got that going for us. <clears throat> I mean, there were Holocaust-like events throughout American history, but anyway. Books. <laughs> so who, who was it? Last uh, a place to escape to. <laughs> uh, somebody had a funny comment. Someone had a uh, a uh, an obnoxious comment, oh. but I found it funny. Um, who was it? Uh, I, I enjoy comments like this, and I think this is this is good feedback. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, just take your time. Oh, I'm looking it up. Tobias wrote, huzzah, back to books, smiley face. Alas, more Marvel movie talk first, <laughs> frowny face. Well, have you watched Have you watched any more Marvel movies since no, last week? No, Tom, oh, well, I tried. It's too bad, we could have talked about no, that. No, actually, I did. Sorry, Tobias, but this will be real quick. <laughs> what came after Civil War? Um... Doctor Strange. Yeah, okay. I wanted to pay attention. I kept falling yeah. asleep again. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like one of the few, you know, I haven't made my girlfriend watch all the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, made. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the ones where I was like, oh, I think you'd like this one. And we watched that. And she was like, oh, I did like that. That was fun. It was under two hours. Yeah. Which is cool. I didn't make it. I didn't make it yet. Yeah, that one also doesn't have like a ton of connect. It's pretty standalone. Yeah, and I also felt like I get it. Like he's a jerk. Yeah, but he's brilliant. Like mm-hmm. I've, we've been there with with Iron Man before. Yeah. 
But this guy also has a goatee. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Iron Man has a goatee. And it's played by an actor who has played Sherlock Holmes uh, in recent years. Tom, can I tell you, I watched part of an interview with Robert Downey Jr., where I was the angriest I've ever been at anybody. Well, uh, even more than slave owners? I've never I've never watched an interview with a slave owner. Oh, but, wow. Uh, Ro- wow. <laughs> I guess Tim wants to be ignorant to history. Robert Downey Jr. was talking about, like, the words on the page when I get to set, I don't care about that. That's, 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 less than even a suggestion of what I should do. (laughs) And it's because I come from a family of writers, so I can do better than this. And it's talking about how like, basically like any successful movie that he's in, it's it's only successful because he comes there. He's doing a rewrite on the spot. It's like, what happened with Doolittle then, you dumb fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You smug piece of shit. Well, and also, uh, he famously, uh, in Avengers Endgame, man, Tobias must be so happy. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Tobias. <laughs> we'll refund this month. Don't, don't cancel. <laughs> Email us. Look, we got everything at gmail.com. We'll refund you. We'll refund you in kind. <laughs> uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, at the end when... Tony Stark snaps his fingers. Wait. <laughs> Sorry to ruin it for you. Um, they filmed it that way with him not saying anything. And it was during editing that the editor was like, yo, when Thanos says I am inevitable, Tony should say I am Iron Man like he did in the first movie. And apparently, like, you know, the Russos were like, oh, fuck, that's 100 percent what we should do. And, you know, to their credit, they've given these interviews and said, you know, our editor or so and so that was 100 percent his idea. And then they followed that up by saying, like, Robert Downey Jr. did not want to do it. We went back and forth with him a million times. And like, finally, we convinced them of like, look, we need literally one shot. The whole thing's going to be green screen. We just have to, you know throw the like football pads of Iron Man's suit on you mm. and you know we'll use CGI to take care of the rest and eventually he's like oh fine when this was an idea that like when everybody else heard it they were like oh my god of course that's what yeah. should happen so so much for having a good writerly instinct yeah Robert Downey Jr. Come or on. or it's not better. You are the weakest link. Goodbye, right? <laughs> There's another uh, odds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although, I mean, maybe he still has a very good writerly instinct, but he was just like, oh, I'm done with all that shit. I don't care what, what money's people money's already in my yeah, bank the, account. The checks are even cash. Mm. I don't care. Tim, this week I read a book. Well, not an entire George book. Orville's 1984. G- yes. Jo- uh, the third part of George Orville. Tim, that's not his name. I just realized his name's George Orwell. <laughs> I got one over on you, Tom. <laughs> Did he, though? Because I wish it was George stinker. Orville. Yeah. Let's just look. Who cares? Um, it's our time now. Well, Tim, you sound like a member of the inner party. Sound like a member look at, of the Goonies. <laughs> look at, look at, well, I guess you did with that last uh, line. Um, but you sound like a member of the inner party who's like, hey, let's go back and change the past. 
and whatever. Everybody can suck an egg. Yeah. Let's put it down the memory hole. Yeah. Hey, let's say George Orwell's name is George Orville. Yeah, we'll go back and change all the articles. Yeah. That would be something you could do to drive everybody nuts. I mean, yeah. that's the thing in this book. You know, they're they're constantly changing the past. And I was wondering, are there people in this 1984 universe that are like Mandela effect uh, aficionados <laughs> who are like, I swear to God, last week we were we were at war with Eurasia. But now they're saying we're at war with East Asia. And like, look, I have no physical proof whatsoever. <laughs> But I swear I can remember it being this way when I was a kid. Is there a scene of the, the who's the guy in this book? Uh, Winston. Winston changing Baron Stein <laughs> to Baron Stain. Uh, there's not, but it might be in maybe the, direct, the yeah. director's cut. This would be like right around the time. 84 would be like, well, eh, no, it'd be more like 94 that that happened. Yeah. Well, this book also wasn't written in 1984. Yeah, but it takes place in 1984. Yeah. So. I also realized that my, in my notes, I have a 1894 part three. Oh, Tom. Sounds like I'm pulling a Mandela effect on myself in a way. Tim, do you remember what was uh, happening where, where, when we left off? Uh, dystopian stuff. Yeah. It, basically, uh, Winston got together with Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to mention last week that uh, she asked him at one point, like, hey, like, uh, you know, and we knew that he thought she was following him. And uh, she's like, hey, you know, what did you think of me? Before, like, you know, we got to know each other and everything. And literally his answer was, oh, I was going to rape and kill you. What? Yeah. Is that true? Is it true that's what he was going to do? Yeah, that he thought that? Yeah. And then he told her. Has he done that before? Like, is there precedent for this? No, no. Okay. But it was just that he hated her so much. But then he- But why would you- well, yeah, why don't say that to somebody? It doesn't matter what the, what the circumstances. You hate somebody. You're like, oh, I hate this person so much. I'm going to rape yeah. him and kill him. This is horrible. This and and appar- apparently, he felt comfortable enough saying it because he's like, "We're in love now, so you know you're gonna laugh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But before we got to know each other, uh. um. So that's what's going on right now. Right. Uh, uh, and they shouldn't be together. Big Brother does not like that shit. No. He they meet in the woods. Yeah. They meet uh, other places. Well, now they're meeting in, uh, uh, what's his name? Mr. Carrington? Charrington. Mr. Charrington's mm. uh, uh, antique store, essentially. Or knickknack store. I don't know if it's necessarily Haberdashery. Antiques. Yeah. Um, they're meeting in his upstairs that he's renting to them to as a as a fuck pit. Right, his words not mine. <laughs> I know, I know. I, um, did this book coin the phrase "fuck pit"? I think so. It's it's part of Newspeak. It's in the Newspeak dictionary. They're they're getting rid of the words uh, uh, "waterbed" and changing it to "fuck pit." Mm. Um, there's also uh, this is an aside. But it was used in this later on a phrase. Uh, they would be conquered from without, and I was like, "Huh? It's conquered from within." And I was like, "Ah, oh, I guess 
if you were conquered by an outside force, you'd be conquered from without. But I've never heard without used that way. Hmm. But it does make sense. You're learning a lot from this I book. I really time. am. Yeah. Um, so chapter six, another meet cute in the hallway. But not, not with Julia this time, with O'Brien. Mm. The man who he locked eyes with for a second. I remember that. And somehow knew this, guy, this guy's on my side. This guy's a rascal as well. Yeah. Um, they should have named this book Rascals. <laughs> Rascals the book. <laughs> <laughs> Rascals 84. <laughs> Whoa. Um, when does this enter the public domain? Uh, still a while, I yeah. think. I think after we're dead and gone. <laughs> It was published, I think, 53-ish, somewhere yeah, around so we'll have, to, we'll have to buy the rights so we can publish it under Rascals 84. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the rights might expire in other countries beforehand, so we can probably pu- yeah. publish Rascals 84 in other countries first. <laughs> Bulgaria. To Bulgaria. <laughs> um, so he runs into him, and they're talking. And, uh, Quit uh, snapping at your dog. <laughs> this guy, uh, O'Brien, he's like... Um, uh, I forget how they actually like how he strikes up the conversation, but he references he's like, oh, you have a a, a friend of yours, a coworker that's really into uh, like new speak. And he's talking about Sim, who has been, uh, uh, you know, erased. So yeah. he's like, holy shit, this guy's referencing somebody who's been unpersoned. Uh we're not supposed to do that. Yeah, this so, is this is a violation. Right yeah, here. so this is a like a wink to me, kind of. Um, and then he's like, you know, uh, he's like, "Well, are you interested in in new speech?" And I think or new speak. I think maybe even references like, "Oh, I read, uh, you know, one of one of because he's an inner party member, so he's like the higher up." Uh, he's like, oh, I read one of the things you did. Like, you know, you did a great job. Um, and he's like, have you read the, I think it's maybe like the 11th edition Newspeak dictionary. And he's like, no, like we, we just got the 10th edition. Like, you know, I, it's like, ah, you should uh, stop by my apartment sometime. Uh, mm. I'll lend it to you. And he writes down his address and hands it to him. Under the guise of like, hey, we're I'm educating this guy. Yeah, I'm I'm helping him out with, you know, getting ahead. But he's like, uh, he's like, holy shit, because he's like, nobody gives out addresses and like tells people to, hey, come meet up. Like, this is not a, uh, you know, like a safe thing at all. So he's like, oh, this guy's 100 percent, you know, uh, uh, a part of the rebels. Radical. Yeah, I've got to go uh, meet up with him. And like he memorizes the address and then throws that paper down the memory hole. Uh, But then also the whole time he's thinking, he's like, boy, I really set something in motion that day I started a diary. And this is absolutely going to end with me being tortured and killed (laughs) in the Ministry of Love. Uh, Well, what can you do? Like, uh, hopefully I can you know, stave that off as long as possible. But like now I'm, I'm getting in too deep and even though I'm scared, I'm not going to stop. I love, I would love to be as cavalier about anything (laughs) as characters and books are about death. Well, 
I think a lot of times, well, so we'll, we'll get to something, an interesting observation uh, that I have later about that. Uh, that mm, that's really a calling your <laughs> shot here. Interesting observation. Um, Let's just call it an observation, and I'll be the judge. But I think that you know, also this guy's like, I don't know. I've been contemplating blowing my brains out anyway because life sucks here in 1984. Mm-hmm. So mostly he's thinking about like. I like being killed is inevitable. And also at this point, he's, you know, this guy, Sim, who was, you know, a hundred percent party line guy, but was just kind of too smart mm-hmm. and, and too interested in what he was doing, uh, got killed. So I think Winston's also like, oh, my ticket might be punched at any time anyway yeah. for, for something that I honestly am not responsible for. So, uh, mostly he's just hoping he doesn't get, uh, uh, tortured like, I don't know, too long before that happens. Yeah. Um, chapter seven, he's, uh, uh, you know what the irony of this is, Tom? What? In the real 1984? Mm-hmm. That was probably the best my life ever was. <laughs> you were two years old? Yeah. The life of a two year old rules. Yeah. Everybody's just like, oh, how can we make this two-year-old happy? <laughs> yeah. And you were real into the party line at that time. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Yeah. I was, I was uh, the party. Hey, I was into partying. <laughs> Drinking uh, milk out of a sippy cup. <laughs> Chapter seven. Uh, Winston has a dream. And in his dream, he's oh, dreaming about his uh, his mom. And uh, is she some lady? Yeah, she's some lady. And like, he doesn't have very many memories of her, but he remembers he realizes after he wakes up from the stream, like subconsciously, I've thought that I killed my mother. Like, that's what I've just always thought. And like, now I'm realizing like, I didn't kill her. They killed her. Mm. Um, but he kind of killed her. It sounds like <laughs> his. um uh, but did they get in its brain? His, Does that happen in this book? No, I guess no. they don't really get in people's brains. <laughs> his father left. And this is, I believe, yeah, this is during World War II. Or like the immediate aftermath of World War II. Mm-hmm. His father left. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, because he's 39 <laughs> in this. So, yes, it's after. It's like what leads to the world being broken up in, into three right. parts, like that war. Um, <laughs> Tom, the reason I just giggled is I was like, World War II is in this book? I thought this book took place like way in the future. It's called fucking 1984. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, go on. Um, Ginger wants you to put the blanket on top of her. Uh, Tim, yeah. can you uh, assist her with that? That's uh, not like that, you <laughs> knucklehead. <laughs> what she, I thought she was going to lie down and I put the blanket on. You got to put it on. Like, spread it out, Tim, like you're tucking her in. <sighs> sit down. No, you put the blanket out, and then she'll sit down. I put the blanket out? You put it, like, but hold it up so she can get under it. Okay, here we go. But unfold the blanket, I Tim. Unfold the whole, unfold the whole thing. <laughs> She's you, so nuts? little. The blanket's so much bigger than But she than likes she to wrap herself up in the blanket. <sighs> Boy, I, I apologize, Ginger. This guy's a real knucklehead. <laughs> this is what I do. Oh, my God. Tim. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> fucking putting the blanket. This is the stupidest I've ever seen anybody act in my life. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Put it on top of her bed, but hold an end up so she bed? can get under it. Oh, okay. Like, puff it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now she's just confused. No, go in there. Go in there. I don't think she wants to. Bullshit. Yeah, I think you set me up. <laughs> the two of you. You're in cahoots. Um, so it's been... You talk about the thing. I'm going to tuck your tongue into the <laughs> Now she's just staring at you like. I know. You talk about the book. Like, oh, man, what an idiot. Anyway, um, well, now you're just scaring her away. No, no. Yeah. There you go. Oh, look at that. I mean, that's still not the way she likes it, but it's fine. Maybe she'll like this better. <laughs> I doubt it. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> well, now uh, you're tucking her in too tight. She doesn't want to be tucked in that tight. Um, he's remembering, Winston's remembering in the past that his father left. His uh, So he has had his mom and his infant sister. And... You know, shit was rough and he was apparently just like a big brat all the time. And, you know, there wasn't food and he was always just like, I'm hungry. I want more food. So like he would just his mom would just give him her food and stuff. And then finally they got like an ounce of chocolate, uh, their chocolate ration. He got half. Ginger seems pretty happy right now. (laughs) He got like three quarters of the chocolate and his infant sister was getting one quarter and he was, and his mom was not taking any. You shouldn't give it an infant chocolate. I don't. Yeah, think. I think it's fine when the infant's starving to death. Yeah, uh, it's probably actually even worse, <laughs> but whatever. And he like flips out, like, "No, I want all the chocolate!" Snatches the chocolate from his infant sister and runs away. And then when he comes back, they're just gone, and he never <laughs> sees them again. He has no idea what happened to them. Um. So he he's talking to Julie about this and he's like, it just occurs to him then where he's like, you know what? The proles, they're the real human beings and we're the, the you know, uh, subhumans. We're the ones doing all this crazy shit. The proles, they might be dumb and poor, but they're, you know, ignorance is bliss. They're they're living regular lives, at least. You know, they're not uh, afraid that they're going to be tortured and killed every day. I mean, wouldn't you rather be a prole in this situation? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I'm surprised it took him this long to come to this uh, conclusion because he talks earlier about like the two of them, you know, uh, getting like plastic surgery and becoming proles. And it sounds like he just didn't really think that through further. Because I think if he did, he would have been like, oh, that would be cool. That would be better than my life now if I was just like a fisherman. I kind of feel the same way about my current life. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, you know, there's so, you know, there's always, you always hear about this, like, like, ah, you know, this, this, uh, you know, tribe somewhere where they have no technology, no whatever, and like live in poverty are the happiest people in the world. Yeah. Maybe we should give up on modern life. 
Some people do it, Tim. Yeah, like I'm talking about Unabomber. me and you. I mean, he didn't give up on the bombs. That was a modern yeah, that invention. Was pretty, he liked. Uh, yeah. And the postal service. Um, He's alive still? No, I believe he was executed. Really? Um, they did judge of that. <laughs> they, uh, um, he, he, so of course he tells Julie. Alive and well, Tom. Oh, is he? Yeah, 79 years old. Same age as Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, well, Paul McCartney in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, older. Oh, Paul McCartney's elder. Yeah, by a couple months. Maybe somebody Paul McCartney wow. would go to for life advice. Ted Kaczynski was born like two months before, no, one month before Paul McCartney. Wow. If things had been different. If he <laughs> had been, born, the if he had been the Beatles. born in Liverpool. Um, he tells Julia, Winston does, about you know everything that's happened, uh, about O'Brien. And Julia's like, Sound. I don't think Ted Kaczynski's going to get out of jail. <laughs> His penalty was... Eight consecutive life sentences without the possibility of par- parole. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Because yeah. how does he even prove, you know, uh, I've, one life ended yeah, now I'm exactly, on a new yeah. one? Unless he regenerated like Doctor way, Who. And he was mm. like, look, I've got a different face and I dress different now. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever tried that uh, <laughs> to get out of uh, eight consecutive life sentences. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do it eight times. <laughs> It's probably hard to get. Well, nine times, really, if you want to get out. Yeah, it's got to be hard to find like nine distinctive uh, uh, styles of clothing (laughs) to wear. Worth a shot, though. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to fill your time with? So Julia is like, cool, sounds sick. I'm going to come to O'Brien's, too. Um, They take different routes there, but they both end up there, which is still super dangerous. And also, like, they don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, and they get in there. O'Brien's got a servant, uh, and he's like, ah, you know, go get, go, go get some refreshments. And then, uh, O'Brien's like, well, they're both just kind of staring at each other. He's like, well, are you going to say it or do I have to just furiously start kissing? (laughs) He says, I'm in love with you. He is kind of in love with them. Um, Nothing wrong with that. But he he revolutionaries falling in love. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a regular. It is kind of like a love triangle. Well, Mm. not really. But anyway, (laughs) it's it's two people who are dating and then another one who they who who one of them's like kind of in love with. Um, And and he's dating a woman he wanted to rape and kill. But but uh, this man, he's always admired, even though he never heard him speak up until uh, a few days earlier. Um, so he just goes on a rant, Winston. I don't want to go off on a rant he, here. He prefaces it with that. Yeah. But then he's just like, uh, Winston, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing as a Dennis Miller type. <laughs> All right, babe. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then he, he just goes off right, on cha-cha. like- Every, you know, everything sucks. The government sucks. Big brother sucks. Uh, like a long diatribe. And O'Brien's like, all right. He could have just said, like, yeah, I want to be part of, like, the revolution. We don't have to sit through all that. Um, oh, but before this happens, O'Brien's like, oh, hold on a sec. Goes over to the telescreen. Turns it off. 
Mm. Uh, members of the inner party can actually just turn it off. Although he does caution that he's like, I can only keep it off for like a half hour before it's suspicious. But yeah. like, we do have the privilege of being able to actually turn this thing off. Um, so Winston's like, we want, we want him, we want to join the brotherhood. And he's like, cool. The brotherhood's real. What is, it, what is the point of them letting him turn it off? It's like, I want to rub one out. <laughs> I guess I think it's more like uh, that they can. I don't think they necessarily do very often. Probably no, like turn the telescreen off, huh. but it's more of those like, Hey, I know I can do it at any right, time right. Um, where nobody else can. So it still feels like an incredible privilege. Uh, O'Brien lays it out for me. He's like, brotherhood's real. Emmanuel Goldstein's real. And he's alive. You know, the the enemy of the state, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the Blink 182 album. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, the servant comes back in with wine. He's like, ah, oh, servant, he's in on it. In fact, why don't you have a seat? Why don't you have some wine with us? Um, uh, they've never had wine before. Uh, Winston and Julia. Really? There's like no wine. Mm. Uh, that, you know, gin is, uh. Mm. Uh, what they get the pearls get beer, which honestly is they get the best point. Another point <laughs> in the pearls' favor, yeah. Um, so they they talk about all this stuff. Uh, Julia leaves before Winston so they can like leave separately, um, because they're like starting to run out of time. And uh, but he uh, O'Brien tells Winston, he's like, All right, I'm you got to read this book from uh, Goldstein. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a like a thing through your chute that says I I forget what it was. But he's like, when that happens, no, the next day, don't bring your briefcase to work. And somebody's going to give you a briefcase and that's going to have the book in it. Um, And then he also tells uh, Winston on the way out, it's like, I remember this like rhyme from when I was a kid and I can't remember the last line. Do you know what it is? And he does. And he tells him it. Um, next chapter. Ugh, bad, bad week at work. 90 hour work week. Uh, Sounds like my. Job. <laughs> so even when he finally gets the book, it's like six days before he can crack the spine on it because he's just at work constantly. Right. Um, redacting or changing things yeah. and memory holing shit. And the reason yeah. why is this during hate week and halfway through uh, a speech. Hate week doesn't seem like it would be fun. <laughs> halfway through uh, a, a speech being given at a hate week rally, somebody comes up and hands the speaker a piece of paper. And without missing a beat, this guy starts, changes Eurasia to East Asia. They're no longer at war with Eurasia. They've never been at war with Eurasia. It's always been East Asia. Why are they changing this stuff? Just because they can? Yeah, pretty much just to like keep people, you know, uh, keep people in line, keep people like constantly confused, constantly gaslit. Mm. They're gaslit to the point where when this guy changes Eurasia to East Asia, the people who like there's banners everywhere. They're like, you know, fuck Eurasia. They don't say <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. Banner. They don't say that, but they're like, you know, anti-Eurasia war propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that everybody in the audience is turning around and looking at the Eurasia stuff and going, those sneaky East Asian bastards, they changed all of our signs. Oh, wow. So we've got to destroy all these signs. This is unbelievable. They'll, they'll stoop to, you know, no low. So that's kind of wild that that happens. Uh, <laughs> Tom, I agree. Uh, now Winston starts reading the book. And now just like a big chunk of this book is... Uh, is the book Emmanuel, called 1984? Is Emmanuel Goldstein's book. Uh. Which I forgive it has a name. I'm sure it, it probably does. And people are like, you fucking idiot. Tales it's, to Terrify. It's called 1985. One Night in Paris. <laughs> um but um, basically, the book breaks things down where it's like, look, in this society, there's always going to be a high class, middle class and low class. And in this current society, it's the inner party, the outer party and the proles. And like, no matter what happens, this is like the way society This is the way like bastards, you know, turn society on itself mm. where the high the high class people they only fall out of that during like revolutions. But during the revolutions, the middle class becomes upper class and like the lower class, they don't even become the middle class. They just still get stuck in the, in the lower class. He explains uh, that Eurasia is Russia, Russia and Europe. So after world war two, Russia claimed all of, all of Europe besides uh, Britain. Uh, Oceania, uh, is the U S and the UK, uh, the U S you know, like absorbed the UK and East Asia, uh, the way that will happen <laughs> at some point. And, uh, East Asia is basically the rest of the world with the, ex- you know, so like China, uh, and you know, most of Asia that isn't Russia. Um, they, uh, uh, with the exception of some like border countries and those border countries, they're just always, you know, there's always war happening. And basically they're like the border countries, Oceania, East Asia, Eurasia, whoever's in charge of them. It's the same bastards. It's the same, you know, do they use bastards? That's me. Uh, I was like, you know, the first time I ever heard the word bastard. No, I don't know. Was Uh, I there? No. Was it recently? No. Remember when there was the Bob Dylan anniversary concert that was on pay-per-view? No. And Sinead O'Connor came out, and it was shortly after she ripped up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. So everybody in the arena booed her. Yeah. These are like former hippies, presumably, like people who are Bob Dylan fans that are like, how dare you speak ill of the Catholic Church? (laughs) Yeah. They booed her. They've done nothing but good for millennia. Yeah. And uh, she like uh, got all emotional and like broke down and Chris Christopherson came out. Oh, I do. Yeah, I remember uh, that. We gave her a hug and he went, don't let the bastards grind you down. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but that was the coolest thing that ever happened. <laughs> this guy, Chris Christopherson, is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah Chris Christopherson is cool. Tom. Oh, absolutely. Um. And then he, he said bastards, uh, for, and it was the first time I ever heard the word bastard. You'd heard it before then. Not that I registered. We, do you think you would have you would have a better life or a worse life if your name was 
Tim Tim Sofferson. I don't understand why people do that to their kids when you're like, uh, oh, my name is John Johnson. Is, yeah, or Andrew Andrews. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, it's funny for a minute. I <laughs> right. But then you're saddling somebody with a burden, either a burden or it's like, oh, uh, they're going to have to like have a whole big personality now based on. Yeah. Although I, I got to say, I don't think of Chris Christopherson as like that. Yeah. Like Chris Christie. Yeah. What a guy. Tom, Chris Christie, I don't like. Oh, but he's probably still your second favorite, Chris Chris. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christoph. <laughs> That's not a person. Yeah, but, uh, that sounds like a mean, I mean guy. They're, they're good he dude. might be less than Chris Christie. Anyway. Um, Did you finish telling me about no. the book? Oh. And then they also, he, the book also explains like all three superpowers are at a stalemate. Um, you know, no two of them combined could beat one of them and certainly one of them couldn't beat two of them so they're they're just you know it's kind of like the cold war where Mm -hmm. it's like they're just a stalemate and thank god because if war does break out just the world's going to be destroyed if if war breaks out in a major way do you think we're there right now um I I don't I think things are way more complicated now than they've ever been. That's what a lot of people are saying. I think that's just dodging the question. <laughs> um, so that's where the saying "war is peace" uh, uh. comes from, because he's like, "War is peace for the high class, uh, for you know the people at top. War, hey, war's great," and basically saying like. The Industrial Revolution kind of fucked everything up for these people because once products, food, all these things became really easy to produce, well, how how are there have and have nots if we can automate all this shit? Uh, how do we make sure the world doesn't become a utopia? <laughs> uh, we do that by having constant war so that there's still scarcity because... Things are getting produced and then just, you know, flown into the ocean constantly or whatever. Um, but as a result, like the the people at at the top never really have to worry too much uh, because there's not really going to be a, a revolution. Well, you know, they they still have to be diligent about that, but they also don't really have to worry about the proles because the proles are so uneducated, like they keep them uneducated. So that they never even it never even occurs to them that things could be a different way. And any of them that do start to figure that out, they, you know, just they're like, oh, we have a you want a prize. <laughs> it's, it's in that room. Um, Julia. Uh, uh, oh, he's reading this at the uh, at, at the hideout. Julia comes in. He tells her a little bit about it, and then they fall asleep together. Chapter 10, he wakes up. Uh, the, 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 the large woman, uh, the large prole outside. I forget if I mentioned her before. I don't think you did. He's fixated on this woman and like how disgusting she is. Okay. Um, but she's, and like, you know, earlier he was like, why is this woman always singing? Her life sucks shit. But now he's come around and been like, oh, her life's great. Like, you know, she has a big family. 
she has people that care about her and love her and and vice versa. It's my life that sucks shit. And now he's all she's singing. Just fly like a, me to the moon. <laughs> she sings. You would think old Blue Eyes himself had stepped <laughs> out into that courtyard, Tim. It's it's uncanny. Um, so she's uh, and now he's looking at her and he's like, you know what? I thought this this woman being uh, like a big, heavy woman and being like, you know, like uh, very coarse because she's like worked uh, her. He's thinking he's like, I think this woman's had like 15 kids and now those kids have grandkids. And this is what her job is. She's mm-hmm. just doing endless laundry um, and cleaning and cooking and all that. So she's been like kind of hardened and callous by that. And now he's like. I was wrong. This woman's hot as hell. Uh, He's woke. Winston's woke. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Winston's woke now. And he's just like the fact that she's had all these kids and that's why she is like, you know, big hips, childbearing hips. And like her hands are callous because she's worked like. Strike that reverse it. She's hot, I think now. Um, And he's telling Julie about this and. uh He's like, they're alive. We are the dead. Mm. And she says, we are the dead. And then out of nowhere, they hear, you're the dead. The horse? Not, no, Tim, there hasn't been a horse in this book. <laughs> how, do, how do they get around from place to place? <laughs> they walked. Huh. Um, I, they were, I pictured them riding horses. <laughs> no. But. So they hear a voice that says, you are the dead. And obviously that causes Winston to fucking freeze and shit his pants. And uh, the painting in the room falls off. What's behind it? O'Brien. No, a telescreen. Oh. A telescreen, you know, like a flat screen TV's back there. Uh Instead of what he should be saying is like, holy shit, this place had a TV the whole time. Well, I've been wasting my time reading a book like a moron. Mm -hmm. No, instead, he's very scared because it means they've been listening to him. And they just like gave up their whole scheme right there. Who did? Whoever's watching. Oh, I'll tell you who's watching. Big brother. Who? Big brother is I watching. Haven't, I haven't heard of this. And then they hear uh, the screen. Uh, here comes a, a candle to light you to bed. Here comes a chopper to chop off your head, um, which was the, the limerick that he couldn't remember that mm. O'Brien told him. All of a sudden, it's like that scene in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where the SWAT team comes Kashum. in. Yeah, the lights come on. Yeah, like out of nowhere like they hear boots clomping downstairs like a window shatters because like a ladder goes through it like they're they're just completely surrounded you know the these SWAT guys they take his paperweight that he's been so fascinated with smash it and remember it had like a little uh, piece of coral in it mm-hmm. well once it's smashed he's seeing like oh the piece of coral was actually like teeny tiny in there. Oh yeah. It's magnified. Yeah. By the, yeah. Um, so all these guys are in there. They kick Winston in his, uh, ankle, his, uh, oh, where he's got that his dick in his, uh, uh, varicose ulcer ankle. All right. And, but meanwhile, they like beat the shit out of Julia. 
but he's like, oh, but they kicked me in the ankle. And he describes like a guy like comes in and punches Julia in the sternum so hard it knocks the wind out of her. And she's just like on the ground gasping for air. And he's like, well, nothing I can do about that. Like doesn't even try. Oh, he doesn't try to save the woman who's going to rape and murder? <laughs> no, you would think everything yeah. we've been led to believe before this is that Winston's a nice guy, <laughs> but he he doesn't even lift a finger to try. And like, you know, he's, of course, like di- disassociating right now, because even though he knew this would happen sooner or later, it's now happening. But at the same time, and I get that it's like, well, he can't protect her from that's like give it a try man they're beating the hell out of her and they're not doing anything to you and the whole time he's just thinking like maybe if i just stand real still they won't hit me like he only cares about himself yeah um then somebody comes up the stairs who is it you're gonna say o'brien it's not o'brien mr charrington I was going to say earlier, Mr. Charrington. <laughs> well, you would have been right. You should have brought it up. The man that uh, had the fuck pit uh, yeah, that, that, offer. Yeah, that uh, rented it out to him. Yeah. And he's like dressed different. He has his hair different. He's like Smart. Hold, holding himself different. And it's just like, oh, that guy was like undercover thought police the whole time. And he's thinking like, this is the first time I've actually like known somebody's thought police you know he's been paranoid almost his whole life that everybody's thought police uh but this is the first time that it's like oh this dude's like hello i'm the thought police hello i'm mr thought police (laughs) yep uh and that's that's where it ends i forget no well book two of Mm. the book uh and i forget I, i charrington says something to him I think, you know, maybe like the jig is up or something. But he says something to him that I am Iron Man. (laughs) He snaps his fingers. (laughs) Um, That makes uh, Winston be like, oh, that was a fake voice he was doing the whole time. Why did he have to do a fake voice, though? Because he was like, you know, he was not like a a, a celebrity that was like, he was under cover. Uh, Well, I think he was doing like an old man voice. Uh, Like he was pretending to be like older and frailer and like, you know, less with it than he actually is. Like, uh, Johnny Knoxville and bad grandpa. Yeah. That actually is a good example that that's what I, (laughs) what I think it what kind of was where it was like, like this book predicted bad (laughs) grandpa. (laughs) Among many other things, it predicted Bad Grandpa, uh, one of the best films ever made. <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> but um, I watch it when I get home tonight. He uh, watching the cab home. You oh, know why? Yeah. Why not let the the cab driver uh, yeah. have a laugh too? <laughs> Ask him if you can replace the uh, the you GPS. Know, yeah, the GPS with. <laughs> uh, can I put my phone playing Grant Bad Grandpa up there? He's gonna be like, "Well, is it a, is it the scene where he uh, <laughs> gets eaten up by the bed, or the one where he gets his ball stuck in the vending machine, <laughs> or the one where he he farts in the diner and shit comes out?" <laughs> <laughs> or 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 where he's on the rocket ship ride and it throws him through the window 
of the mattress store. That was, was like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> this was planned. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that up until that point? No, at that point, I, I, I recognized. Um, so, yeah, it was basically like Charrington. It seems like he's, you know, a master of disguise, basically. Right. And, you know, all this was to lull uh winston into a false sense of security where winston probably thought like oh this guy's just like yeah what i yeah i don't really know too much about the party i know you're part of the party but like i don't really know what you can and can't do so yeah you want to rent this place Uh, i'm not i'm not gonna ask questions i'm gonna look the other way it doesn't bother me but uh he only did that because he was a liar and that's where uh the reading for this week ends Nice. Well, you got a quarter of the book left. Yeah, yeah. I hope it gets better. Well, I think shit gets real here because yeah. they got him. And, uh, but I'm sure they'll find a way to have a happy ending in the end. Yeah. I mean, most books uh, could and should and, and do end with a happy ending. I do remember, and I'm not going to do it this time, but when I had to read this book in school, that I. I like skim the rest of the book or, or read the, the cliffs notes or something. I didn't at this point when it gets exciting. Yeah. Because I think, I think it might've been like towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, uh, it's like, it's nice almost out. summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna look, I can just read the cliffs notes and, and, you know, pass this quiz. Tom, as we were just talking, I, I, Tucked ginger in again. Yeah. Is this more like what That's she- That's more like what she wants. Yeah. Uh, it's a looser she, tuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She likes a loose tuck. She likes to- uh, If she wants it tight, she'll do it herself. Okay. By, by uh, twirling in a circle. Okay. I don't know these things, Tom. Well, I'm, that's what I'm trying to teach it's you, been, Tim. Tom, I've been reflecting- I'm much like O'Brien giving you Goldstein's book. Yeah, I'm fat, a lot of good that'll do me. But it's it'll me, get me just yelling at you that you don't know what my dog wants exactly. Yeah. You're not the most supportive voice. But I am a supportive dog owner. You Tim, are. Tim, I sit up for her. Uh, Cool. Look, it's fucked up. The, the book? Yeah, it is. That and uh, our actual modern world. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how, like, uh, I used to come here. Yeah. And then I would stop at uh, either White Castle or Little <laughs> Caesars on the way home. Uh-huh. It's been so long since I've done that. Yeah. Um, well, you've only been coming back for, this is the second. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing I'm thinking about is, like, how, <laughs> it took this, how radically our lives changed, like, immediately. For over a year, yeah, to the point where it's like going to uh, White Castle mm-hmm. is like insane to me right now. Well, you you also moved in that time. Yeah, there's no White Castle <laughs> on the way home. Yeah, so it would be insane for you to ask a cab driver to take you like two miles out of your way. Yeah, and two New York City miles, which is like a half hour. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go to White Castle on the way home. But I am hungry. I don't know what to do. Uh, maybe you should go fuck yourself. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patrons. We love you very much. I'm sorry, Tobias, that we uh, that we went off track. Um, I mean, we get to the 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 book at like 25 minutes. Yeah, 
you're it's just and no refunds yeah, people are like uh <laughs> like the people that leave comments on uh the main show there's like they didn't get to the uh, they didn't start talking about i don't know freaking uh burritos until 25 <laughs> minutes in it's like people it's tough leave. shit you want to hear two idiots talk about burritos? Leave like it's not even feedback; it's just like an observation, and you turn that into like an episode long, like you know, this is now your arch enemy, a man who gives you money. Who Tobias? Yeah, no, I like Tobias. I thought I told you I thought he made a good point. <laughs> then what? What are you talking about now? When you're saying he's like. He's like people that complain about the other show. Yeah, what he's I'm like saying, our, this guy's just like our worst critics. No, not even worst critic. It's all these people have valid points. <laughs> all right, that's my point. Yeah, okay. we're in the wrong, Tom. All you right. and I. Good. That's that's all I want to hear. Yeah, it's fine. We could admit that we're in the wrong, and that we're not going to stop doing what we're doing. Yeah. And if you even vaguely criticize us, you'll be called out. You called out. I'm saying Tobias is right. Yeah. You called out and called a hero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying Tobias is a hero, Tom. Hero of the week, Tobias. Hero of the week, Tobias. Sorry we talked about the Marvel movies. Uh, I don't like them either. (laughs) Like you and I are, (laughs) Tobias, you and I probably have more in common than Tom and I have in common. Maybe Tobias likes them, but it's. You know, he's like, I don't want to hear idiots give their yeah. their opinions. Well, I want to hear idiots give their opinions on a <laughs> classic work of literature. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being patron. We love you very much. Tobias, we love you very much. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Assuming Tobias doesn't cancel his patron. It may have already happened. Yeah, all right.